Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Monday, December 28th, 2020. On Sunday night, five days after threatening not to sign it, President Trump gives up and he signs the $2.3 trillion COVID-19 relief and government funding bill into law. But what did he get for the delay? We'll discuss that. Plus, the president vetoed the defense authorization bill last week. Will Congress override the president's veto today? And finally, one week before the Georgia runoff elections, the GOP senators in the race are breathing a huge sigh of relief. Well, it's not entirely clear what Donald Trump was hoping to accomplish by this ridiculous exercise he went through over the last several days where he threatened to not sign the government funding bill that was geared at avoiding a government shutdown that also included nearly a trillion dollars of badly needed relief, economic relief for American families due to the COVID-19 crisis. This is a bill that Donald Trump's administration negotiated negotiated with the Republicans in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, the Democrats in the House, Nancy Pelosi. In fact, this bill passed both houses of Congress by veto-proof majorities. I mean, huge, huge majorities voted for this government spending bill. It wasn't anybody's ideal bill, but it was the one that Donald Trump's Treasury Secretary, Steve Mnuchin, actually negotiated. And then Just before the Christmas holiday, in classic Trump-creating-chaos fashion, the president takes to Twitter to put out a veto threat calling this bill a disgrace. The bill they are now planning to send back to my desk is much different than anticipated. It really is a disgrace. Okay, so just a few days ago, it was a disgrace and that it was much different than anticipated, the president said. Oh, so let's look at what changed to actually get his signature on the bill last night before the government was set to shut down tonight at midnight. Oh, you don't have to look very hard. Nothing. Nothing changed. He got absolutely nothing for this childish antic that he was doing. Not one word in the bill changed. Now, when he announced that he was signing the bill on Sunday night, he put all these things out in a statement that he won in concessions to make it look like it was worth something. That included getting the Senate to start voting on checks for Americans at the $2,000 level instead of the $600 level, which is the one that's currently in the bill. That was one thing he said. He also received a commitment to have Congress investigate the voter fraud he claims took place in the November 3rd general election, the election he lost by more than 7 million votes to Joe Biden and why he will no longer be president on January 20th. By the way, there is no such plan for some big congressional investigation into voter fraud. Donald Trump thinks he got that as a concession here. He also cited the Section 230. This is the piece of a 1990s communication law that allows tech companies to avoid liability for things said on their platforms. We'll get into this a little bit more later in the podcast, but Donald Trump said he's getting that repealed. He also said that his administration has gotten a commitment from Congress to strike sort of line items, all these what's called in Washington speak rescissions, spending items from the bill. 
That's not happening either, folks. None of that. In fact, if you look at what Mitch McConnell's statement said, it said, it's great that the president signed this relief for the American people. Like, period. End of statement. He didn't mention one of the things in his statement that Donald Trump says he got all these commitments for to Congress. He got nothing. He folded. He signed a bill that it was desperately needed by the American public because he got convinced that this was going to harm his legacy, whatever is left of it. But what he didn't get is any hardcore commitment that he believes he got on all of these items that are important to him. What he got was a colossal waste of time over the Christmas holiday. Now, here's what else matters today. I mentioned this Section 230 of a 1990s Communications Act out of Congress that allows tech companies to have liability protection for things said on their platforms. In fact, the way tech companies see this portion of U.S. law is that it is the portion of U.S. law that allows the Internet to thrive. That's basically how they see it. What is amazing is that there is bipartisan support for changing it, altering it, even repealing it in some quarters because of different reasons, but it does bring Democrats and Republicans together. Joe Biden is in favor of getting rid of this. Nancy Pelosi has spoken about the fact that it has allowed sort of blanket protections for tech companies that just have run amok all these years into the life of the internet. Donald Trump hates it because he believes it allows tech companies to censor conservative thought, conservative opinion, so that places like Facebook can somehow just squeeze out and disappear from public view any kind of conservative opinion or thought. Democrats believe this allows tech companies to take no responsibility for some of the hate rhetoric that appears on their platforms. So you have this bipartisan consensus that something needs to be done. But guess what? Donald Trump's desired repeal of this did not get included in what is seen as a must-pass piece of legislation, the Defense Authorization Act. Donald Trump actually vetoed the Defense Authorization Act. He's playing with the livelihoods of American soldiers. This is the money that funds our military. This is the money that funds America's readiness in the world for an attack. And Donald Trump is playing games with it because he doesn't like the way the tech companies treat him. And so he vetoed a bill that, by the way, I think for nearly 60 years now in its existence, it gets passed every year and signed into law. So he didn't get his way on this, so he vetoed it. Well, guess what? Now is a big test of Republicans on Capitol Hill. We will see today if indeed the votes are there to override the president's veto. When the defense authorization bill passed Congress, it passed with veto-proof majorities. But a lot of Republicans are saying they're now going to support the president's point of view on this and maybe not actually vote to override his veto, even though they voted for the bill. So this is now a big test on Capitol Hill, and it's a big test of President Trump's continued strength inside the Republican Party. It gives us a little insight and a hint into how he is trying to maintain his power inside the GOP even after he leaves the presidency. Watch that override vote very carefully on Capitol Hill later today. And finally today, as much As Mitch McConnell or Kevin McCarthy, the House Republican leader, breathed a sigh of relief when Donald Trump signed the COVID-19 relief bill, the government funding bill, into law, nobody, nobody wanted that to happen more than the two Republican senators in Georgia. We are just eight days away, folks, from the critical Georgia Senate runoff races. And David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler, the two incumbent Republican senators, had been planning 
to close the final two weeks of the campaign on the message of delivering needed COVID-19 relief to Georgians. In fact, you may remember a few weeks ago, our colleague Manu Raju had reported that Mitch McConnell said behind closed doors to his conference of Republican senators that, quote, David and Kelly, referring to the senators running for re-election there in Georgia, they're getting hammered on this issue of COVID-19 relief. It was part of his argument to the rest of the conference to get on with the business of passing the bill and get it to the president's desk for his signature because it was a way to try and save the Senate majority for Republicans. Well, guess what? David Perdue wasted no time in taking credit for getting the president to back off his ridiculous childish play of threatening that he wasn't going to sign it. David Perdue went and met with President Trump in person And every Republican is tripping over themselves today to try and make sure the world knows, especially every Georgia voter knows, that David Perdue was responsible for getting the president to back off his silliness and actually get that aid out the door to Georgians. Perdue made sure to go up with a television ad hammering home this point. Perdue again delivered real, meaningful help for Georgians. $900 billion in new COVID relief. Direct checks to Georgians, critical funding for vaccine distribution, small businesses, public schools, and help for folks out of work. Ossoff obstructed. Purdue delivered. There it is in two words, the closing argument from David Purdue. Purdue delivered. This is what Leffler and Purdue were hoping to run on all last week as well. Well, the president wasted that week for them. But now you can be assured the final eight days of this campaign from the Republicans is going to be about touting all the goodies in this bill, all the aid that's coming home to Georgia because of their hard work in getting the president to sign that bill. That is a strong closing argument to make in a campaign, no doubt. What they're going to be battling on the Democratic side? Some insane fundraising numbers that we saw come out in just the last couple days. Both Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff, the two Democratic candidates running in these runoffs, raised more than $100 million each in the last couple months. That's like a fundraising number we just don't see. We have now seen more than $540 billion in television advertising in this race. It's a half-billion-dollar campaign because it's all about which party is going to get to control the United States Senate at the beginning of the Biden administration. That's it for today's political briefing. Our next episode in the Georgia Senate runoff series will drop on Wednesday. Be sure to give a listen. We're going to take a closer look at the state of both races, including voting numbers, fundraising, and the final decisions each campaign is making to try and deliver a victory. Thanks so much for listening. Please take a moment to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.